Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Grief fundamentally changes who we are and how we see the world. It's painful and heartbreaking, but also transformative and magical. This podcast is about grief and loss, but more importantly, it's about life and living fearlessly. I'm Kelsey Chittick, and welcome to Moms Don't Have Time to Grieve. Okay, everybody, welcome back to the podcast. Today, I have someone that I didn't know if I would get him on the podcast because we'd met each other a while ago over text, but I actually ran into him at an event in LA a couple weeks ago, and I thought this is somebody who should join us and discuss the uh, hard and beautiful journey of grief. So today our guest is Matt Mauser, who is a songwriter, a solo artist, a Sinatra singer, a lead singer of Tijuana Dogs, and also a widow who is raising his three kids alone, which is how we met. Nothing puts you in touch with people quicker than if you have someone dead and they have someone who's gone. People are always kind of introducing us to people that are in the same experience. And so that's how I met Matt. So thank you for coming today. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So Matt's story is probably more public than most people's. But I kind of want to talk about how I knew how it all went down from my perspective. And then I want to hear from Matt just mostly about how he is doing what he's doing now, raising his kids. But I remember it was January 26, 2020, and my daughter was playing in a all-star soccer game. And everybody was warming up. And then all of a sudden, people started looking at their phones. And everybody was kind of like, holy shit. Wait, have you seen the news? And it was the day that Kobe's helicopter had gone down and nobody really had any details. So we went on, but everybody's kind of talking about it and everyone. And I remember feeling this like visceral response to it. Like, God, some people got that phone call today that I'm very aware of where your life has changed, but we didn't have any details. A couple into the game, my daughter ended up breaking her arm and we went to the urgent care. And I remember sitting in the urgent care and thinking to myself, how am I going to take care of her without her dad? Like, how do I do this? I don't know how to do this alone. And then I had this, this feeling like, God, there's people right now. I don't know who exactly lost people on that in that crash, but I just felt this connection to you guys. And I wrote this thing on Instagram where I basically said, I know where you are. Like your whole world is upside down. You're never going, you're, you're never going to really understand it, but eventually because of your kids or because of, of the love you had with that person, you're going to 
you're going to be okay someday. So Matt's wife, Christina, was the uh, basketball coach for Mamba, and she was on that helicopter, and you lost her that day. Mm-hmm. So I want to just kind of talk about, to start with, your life before January 26, 2020, how you met Christina, your life with her, and then we'll get into the other stuff. But thanks oh. for being here. Oh, thanks for having me. No, it's it's interesting listening to you kind of replay your day, and I hear that quite a bit, but not not often from a somebody who's lost somebody and can go through that with them and and know the impact like firsthand what it's like when you get that phone call and it's just like you said it's just it's just you find a way of connecting with people that have been through that and similar experience i met christina she was a fan of my band i was uh, a lead singer in a very popular band here in orange county called the Tijuana dog, shameless plug. And we'd been, we've been together for, let's see, the band started in late nineties. So we'd been together for about five, six years. And one day I was, I was dating a gal and I think she was dating some guy. She was at a club that I was playing and I looked across and I said that, that, and I'd never really considered marriage, you know, Mm -hmm. but when I saw her, like, this is like across the room, I went, who is that? And, that was the first time that I said I could, I could see myself with somebody like that. And, you know, you put it out in the universe and it kind of comes back around. She bought a t-shirt <laughs> and then uh, she liked the band. She came back again. And I said, I don't know you're dating somebody, but uh, if you're not, if, if it's not working out, come on over to this side. <laughs> and so, I love and it. so she came, she did a few months later, she came to a show and she said, I'm, I'm single. And I said, great. And then that was it. We were married uh, 10 months later. You know, it's funny. People always wonder, like, how do you know when you've met the right person? And I think I had the same experience with Nate. And also when we end up here, there's a quick knowing when someone's supposed to be on your journey. And for Mm -hmm. you, I'm sure you, as a singer, there was lots of women, there's lots of people, but something about her soul, something about what was inside of her called to you. And it was pretty clear from the beginning, you know, you guys didn't date for six years and then finally get married. I don't know. I just think that's important. I think it's important for people to know that maybe we're, maybe we're, we're, we're meant to be exactly where, who we're with. And it continues on with the story that you're going to share, but it's extremely, uh, it's extremely appropriate and important. It's like, you know, in so many things in life, we have these doubts, you know, and it's like when something is clear, there's no doubt. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and so I've learned to trust that voice. You know, it's like whether it's my music, whether it's, you know, with the kids. And then there's always these things that you just don't know. You know, you're, you're caught in the middle. Like I'm trying to, I'm trying to do something stupid. Like I'm trying to choose which high school to send my daughter to right now. And I just don't know. Right. But, but in something, but in something like that, you know, a life decision of who your partner is going to be, it better be clear. <laughs> I love that. Well, you're yeah. fucking up. <laughs> yeah. And, and she knew about you and she knew that, you know, I don't know about fate and how it all works and there's so many things, but she chose somebody on some level that she knew if this was going to happen, was going to, going to be able to stay and raise her kids and be joyful. Mm-hmm. So I love that. So keep going. You, you met, well, you got well, married. We got married and I'll, I'll give you some insight as why I knew she was the right person is is that we 
we laughed. Yeah. We laughed at everything. Yeah. And she thought I was funny and I like telling jokes. <laughs> <laughs> and most girls, not everybody thinks you're funny. Right. She genuinely thought I was funny. Yeah. And so I just, I loved her laugh and I loved her, you know, the ease in which she moved through life. She was, she, my wife was an athlete. I was an athlete. Yeah. I was an all-American water polo and swimmer. And she was a phenomenal, she was CIF player of the year in basketball. And so, and volleyball. And she was just this fantastic, you know, and I think that like that, you know, that likeness of the way we move through life was very much a connective part of our relationship. I had so much respect for her as an athlete, which which kind of moved over to her as a person and the way she approached life and, and the way she was never phased by things. We just kind of, we just got it done, you know? And I think that's one of the reasons Kobe liked us. Kobe was very task-oriented. I, I, I wrote for him. I don't know if you knew that. I wrote, I was the main writer for his children's podcast. So okay. I wrote all the music for his children's podcast. That was the connection on, and then we became kind of, you know, we came close. I, I would never say friends, but I would say as close to friends as you can be through a working relationship. Sure. And then he asked me to help him coach. And I said, this is too much for me. And he said, what about Christine? I said, Christine would be phenomenal. Yeah. And so that's, you know, so I had tremendous amount of respect for her as an athlete and a mom and a person. And I think that's so important because I, I haven't respected a lot of people that I've dated. I've liked them. I've been attracted to them. Totally. But the respect is something to me that is so important. And I really had that for her. We were teaching, we both got, we were both, I was a teacher at a, at a private school and about 10 years into me having been there, I, one day I had a, a show, I was the basketball coach and I said, I can't make, Christine, I can't make the uh, game. I had a game and a show at the same time. I have to go to a show. And I said, would you be able to take over for me? She goes, sure. And the athletic director at the school said, this girl handles the team better than you do. The kids loved her. Right. They won the game. She was just this fantastic, you know, basketball mind. So they, they offered her a job there as the, as a coach and the uh, PE teacher. So we taught together for 10 years, about four years ago in 2018, it got to the point where the band was working so much that teaching, I had to give up teaching. And she, we had our kids there at this private school. And she said, I just, I can't be here without you. And I don't want to be here with, without you and the kids. Mm -hmm. And I said, then quit. And that's when Kobe said, great. Christine, you come to work for me full time. Just, and they went all in on the basketball thing. Wow. Because Kobe was dedicated to that girl's basketball team. That was right. his, more than anything, that was his life. Right. And so, you know, and the rest is kind of history. The band took off. For about a year and a half, we were able to stay with our one-year-old. We had a, you know, we had a brand new baby in 2016. So we were able to, till she, till the day she, Christina died, we had this wonderful life. We'd have all day off, yeah. take the kids to school. I'd work on the weekends and the assorted weeknights. And we were here when the kids came home and we got to raise Ivy for the first three and a half years of her life. Mm. And she had quality time with her daughter until, you know, till the day. Ooh, you know, there's something about the love that, I don't know, there, there's something about the people that we pick. And it sounds like, I, and I, I think about this a lot with grief, but would, and we'll get into it, but would you say that the, the joy of being with her and loving her overrides the pain of losing her? 
are you at an, you're still, yes. you're only two years, but you wouldn't change a thing, correct? Uh, I mean, not the dying Not part. the death part. Um, I'd change that. But yeah, me as too. far as what you're saying, yeah, I totally agree. I loved her. And the death gave me even more perspective on how much I loved her. Right. You're always, everybody's always kind of glorified after death. But I, I had the weird kind of epiphany, I would say about a month before we were sitting on the couch. And I looked at her and she was on the other end of the couch. And I was on this couch where we had just put the kids to bed and we were tired and we were watching our, you know, we were in the game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah. We kind of went down the, we, we were late to coming to the table, but we, you know, we were binging it. And I looked over and I said to her, Christina, I'm so proud of you. Mm. And I am so proud of you. And I love you. And yeah. that was it. Yeah. And she didn't say much. She just kind of like gave me her little look that she'd always give when, I was giving her love. Yeah. And she's kind of, yeah. And that was, that was what she said. It's funny and how it happened. I realized it and I never forgot that moment, but I, I, yeah, the love that the love we had carries me through, you know, I remember Nate and I walked home from, and we'd had our ups and downs financially, emotionally, but we always, I mean, I adored him. I thought he was the greatest person on earth. And I remember 10 days before he died, we walked home from this Halloween party and we'd gone as Baby and Johnny from Dirty Dancing. Mm-hmm. And I remember just, and it, we'd, we'd been together a long time, like you guys, like 20 years. Married 15, I think you guys were married 15 also. Mm-hmm. And I remember being like, Nate, we made it. Man, we like, like, I love you. Like, this, you're it. Like, oh, I'm so glad I chose you. And then he died 10 days later. But there's something, I feel like we're lucky. And I, I want to talk about how you, how you, not reframe it, but how we move forward but there's something beautiful that we we loved these people deeply. Mm. So tell me about the day, what you were doing. I, I always say we're all one phone call from our knees. And that's what I think I felt for you. I, I didn't know it was you, obviously. I did, but I knew that there was people on that helicopter who were going to be gone and there was going to be people that would have their lives forever changed. To be left with three kids. I mean, people get it, but you don't get it. You don't get how lonely it is, how much you miss that person, how much you want your kids to have that parent because they were so damn good at being that parent. Talk to me about that day. And then what have you done? Because you're only, you're just a little over two years out, right? Mm -hmm. What's gotten better? What's gotten worse? Well, as far as the day was, we had had a show the night before. It was January 25th. And she had randomly stopped by the show because it was by the airport where the helicopter lands from the game the day before. And we were doing it at this car museum and she showed up my, Hey, what are you doing here? She goes, well, I wanted to see you. And so I, so we, we were doing it at this car museum. We were walking through checking out cars and we just kind of strolling, not talking. And just, I just remember being in her presence and just telling her like you felt with your husband that day. So I just was like, okay, well, thanks. I, I love you. Thanks for coming by. And I came home that night and it was late. It was like 12, 1230 one morning and she was playing with our daughter you know waiting for me and she usually she was out cold usually she was out because she's she's early to bed and I just thought this is this is as good as it gets here's my wife playing with my daughter and they're laughing and we went to bed and I was exhausted and I had a show the next day 
And I was really concerned about my voice. So I didn't want to talk, you know, as a singer, you know, you're always worried about your voice. And I was playing the Bray improv. It was a sold out show. And it was, and, uh, which I did last night. I just did the makeup show last night okay. for that show that we did. So last, it's kind of full circle. I woke up and I mean, I didn't wake up. She came over and kissed me. It was like six thirty, seven in the morning. I was pretty tired. And she kissed me, said, I love you. And I didn't wake up. And I remember I was awake, but I, she woke me up, but I just stayed asleep. Cause I was like, oh, I'll see you later. Right. She'll be back by noon. Yeah. I was one game. Come back. And she said, I was, I got to get Penny ready. Cause my daughter was going to sing with us. But we had written a song together and my, my oldest was going to sing with me at that show. And I got up around nine. I slept in a little later. I got up around nine, nine 30, 10. And then I uh, started brushing my teeth and I was taking a shower in preparation to get ready. And I, she was going to be home in an hour or two. And I checked my phone and she hadn't texted me, which was not like her. She always, she hated flying. So she said, just landed on the way. She would always give me an update of where she was. We were kind of panicked about that stuff for good reason. Mm-hmm. And I even checked, like, I checked the headlines about a crash or anything, just because that's the first thing that went through my mind. Mm-hmm. And it was foggy. Mm-hmm. And then I got a call from a guy in my band, and he said, did you hear about Kobe's helicopter? And I fucking hit the deck. I fell down, and I just started screaming, crying, but it was bizarre. I felt like it really wasn't me. It was almost like I was out of my body. I just, your body goes into like this shock, you know, but you, and you're thinking about all these different scenarios, kids moving. And, okay. And you, you, right. all of a sudden you start like solving problems. Yeah. And I, I, I look back on that moment. It was like, it wasn't even like real. No, it's surreal. And so, and I went, it's going to be okay. I started like saying, things are going to be okay. It's going to be okay. I'm going to figure this out. Da, 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 da. And that, I guess that's just a natural response that you go into. And then, you know, the rest of the day just sucked. It just sucked. And the rest of the, the next year sucked. And then yeah. COVID and it just, it was just, you know, there was times where I wanted to die. There was times where I just, you know, I would cry like uncontrollably and, you know, I just, I had no clue on how to proceed. I, my original thought of it's going to be okay turned quickly within a few weeks to <laughs> how the fuck am I going to do this? 100%. And it was like, I, I'm, that, that was the hard part is like, I'm not going to be okay. You know, it's, this is not going to be easy. She, she, you know, dads, dads are pretty good at doing like what we do. You know, I made a good money. I supported her, whatever. I said, tell me what you need. You know, that was like, I was like, just tell me what you need. And I can be like, play dad, you know, have fun with the kids and let her do the bulk of the work. (laughs) Yeah. The day-to-day logistics for a man. Suck. Oh, I always think like if Nate had, if it was reversed, the guy would have been in the weeds for a long time. And I have Um, been. Yeah, of course. And and I still, but, and, and I still am, you know, like my daughter's got, but I'm doing better. You know, it's like, doctor's appointments, yeah. checkups, you know, school stuff, you know, and the teachers can be pretty good. They can be understanding, but that only lasts for so long. And then they get annoyed with you. <laughs> and I have to keep reminding them, look, I, I'm, I'm like, this is, I'm like a wounded bird, a wounded bird. I only have, 
I can only walk. I, only walk. I, don't, even I have only have one, one wing. wing and it's I don't broken. even have one wing. I can just, I'm like a chicken. <laughs> you're a chicken. Yes. Oh, I love you know? that. I, I think you're, so, I, yeah. So I, it just got to the point where, you know, I've always been very, I'm very loving with my kids and affectionate. So I think that has been, you know, my father was a very loving, affectionate father. You know, he always was, gave us a lot of, you know, kind words. And so I, I got that from my, from, you know, to them. So, you know, the maternal part of, of the love is, there. is there, but the organizational part, which she was so good at, yeah. has been a real challenge. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too. Like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Oh, Matt, I can't even imagine. I, because I, I was the logistics person, and just not having someone else. And you've got three kids. Mm-hmm. There's just a lot of moving parts. So from that point on, I mean, what... So you're still kind of in, you're, you're two years out. So you're still in survival, but it feels a little bit, does it feel real now? Does it feel like she's gone now? Or does it still feel some moments? Well, I, mm. I still have those moments, but do you feel like you now can look at yourself and the kids and be like, we're not there yet, but I've got us and, and we'll figure this out. And I'm starting to find a rhythm or is it still like, what the fuck just happened? No, I, no. I still feel I, that way some days, but it, it does get better. It feels like with time. It's better. It's definitely better. It sucks, but it's better. Yeah. I say it like this. My heart breaks yeah. and heals at least five, ten times a day. Oh, I love that. Mm-hmm. And so, it, but I feel her presence. Mm-hmm. And that's Tell me, good, tell me that's how. A, that's a good thing and a bad thing. Yeah. Well, my, my youngest daughter, my oldest daughter looks just like her. And she's yeah. 14 and she's... You know, she's stunning and she looks just like her mom, thank God. Or, you know, but it's like, I see her like this morning on the way to school, we were laughing and we were goofing and it's like, oh my God, this is just like talking to Christina. How are the kids? She's got a great sense of humor. Yeah. How how are the kids? I mean, how, how do you keep Christina alive in your home? Do you, is there a lot of, what do they want to talk about? What do they not want to talk about? Are they embarrassed? Uh, my kids don't want to talk about it. I mean, they don't want people to know about it. Yeah. But what? How does she live in your home? Well, I talk about her all the time. I I, I just can't help it, you know. So I, like I, I genuinely love my wife, you mm-hmm. know, and I still I'm deeply in love with her still, mm-hmm. and so I can't help it. I always say, your mom did this, your mom was this, yeah. and they get tired of it. But I think it's good. You know, it's like, I'm going to talk about your mom because that's my wife and I love her. Yeah. And she's still here, whether she's here in my mind or, or she's really here and like, you know, she's spinning around the room or something. I'm, she's here, whether 
You know, the energy that she created once she was alive still exists. Amen. And so I want to acknowledge it. And I want them to know that the things that they do and say and the, the reasons they are as beautiful and funny and witty and talented and charismatic is because they got that from their mom. Yeah. How did you reconcile the anger or the, how did you not just let the anger of, because obviously your situation was an accident and she was, she was just a part of that day and she was on that helicopter. So my experience, Nate had a heart attack in front of the kids at, at Sky Zone. So that was him, you know, his heart went out. How do you reconcile? And I sometimes feel like I have an easier way of it because he was, he was sick. What do you do in your mind to find peace with that whole experience without, so you're not angry for the next 40 years or bitter or whatever can happen when accidents happen that take people? Mm. God, I know that's a good question. Let me think. I think anger comes up once in a while with me. And I think that, you know, the part that makes me the, the most angry is that somebody fucked up, mm-hmm. you know, and we just don't, you know, it, it's, it's an accident. But at the same time, it's like, how do you, how do you fuck that one up? Right, right. You know, and I haven't really got had too much anger. I, I, I just... The anger, I've never been an angry person. Yeah. I've been, I, I get pissed, you know, and I get it out, but I don't stay angry. You know, it's like, I've, I've, it just hurts. You're more sad. Any. I think people are either angry. At least that's what I see in the people that they're either really angry or they're really sad. I'm I, really sad. I'm really sad too. I'm really sad too. Yeah. I, it's like, what the f- I know, who am I, 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 if I, yeah. when I'm angry, I have to have somebody to direct my anger to. Right. And who are you going to be mad at? Right. And they're dead, you know, and, yeah. and the people that I could be angry with, they lost somebody too. Right. Yeah. You know, it's like, well. And nobody wanted to die. Nobody wanted this no, to happen. Nobody right. wanted to fucking die. So it's like the rational mind kind of takes over. But I, I, I was angry at God, you know, mm-hmm. for a little bit like, what the fuck are you doing and then i'll tell you what i was i was angry at i've been angry at the government because as soon as i lost my wife like a month later as, as soon as i lost my wife a month later i lost everything they shut everything down oh because financially of, oh, no covid oh covid i'm sorry so i lost my job i was oh you know, yeah i couldn't sing i couldn't i couldn't oh. get out and do the things i wanted to do i couldn't take my kids to school i was locked down. i was like this is a fucking joke you know right. to me and i be and i know a lot of people lost people to COVID. and i have empathy for that but in the and that in the state that i was in sure. i didn't give a shit about covid i was like this is you know and i know that it's important and i i, I acknowledge that now but at, in the moment i was sure. like this is a fucking joke well you got hit i mean COVID hit two months after Christina died. And I'll tell you, I was two and a half years after, and it felt like grief again, because to be trapped in your home with your, with your children, where you're missing somebody in your family and everybody else you imagine is, you know, making popcorn, watching movies and doing puzzles as a family, the rage that you are alone with these two kids and they can't go to school and they can't, you know, beside all the rules, it's just the sense of like, on top of everything, this too. Oh God. I felt like a caged rat. Yeah, it, it. I actually had some medical issues come up because the stress was so big that my body just shut down. I mean, I just, 
I couldn't figure out how we could do this without him. And I'm sure as you sat with three young children trapped in a home while everyone is deeply grieving and there's no way out, must have been torment. I know that I, I swam at Chapel Hill. I was a swimmer also. And so I know that swimming is one of the things like what what did you do and what do you do still to give yourself peace and some space from the pain? Oh, yeah. No, I, I forgot about I forgot that about you. Forgot about that. Well, how do you say that? I forgot that you were swimming. The swimming's been huge yeah. for me. Moving. They, they shut down the pool from March till May 1st where I swim. And that was the hardest time. And what I did is I have a river trail right next to my house that it goes to the beach I'm about two and a half miles from the beach. And I walked that every day. Yeah. And I, I, I wrote a song about that. I'm a songwriter. So I'd write a lot of songs. <laughs> yeah. Looking back, it's like slit your wrist songs. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I'm hanging by a tree. It's like so bad. I know. I know. Every song was like, yeah. Shoot me and, now. is right. like the title. I would, and it was raining and it was just, I was just so depressed, Yeah, but I had to be there for my children. And I was, you know, I look back and I say, well, as dark as it was, I was still there for my kids Yeah, and I tried to find joy. And I, I hate even going back to 2020 to me, it was just the worst, the worst year of my, it was the absolute worst year of my life. Sure. So I would walk every day and I would, you know, I, I, I'd met some people through grief. I had met another a friend who lost two husbands. Okay. And then I had a buddy that lost his wife and my guitar player ended up losing his wife. She died of a systemic scleroderma, which is a horrible disease. So, you know, friends really helped yeah. and family, my wife's family. And my dad came and lived with me for a few months, which was the first time I'd ever lived with him since I was five. <laughs> that's got it. That's its own special type of dream and hell at yeah, the same time. Was, yeah, I slept in the garage. And then oh, uh, by choice, by choice, <laughs> quirky hippie. And then, you know, I, I, the music, the hope of getting my music career back. Okay. I had a, an amazing manager who stepped into my life right before Christina died and forged a really important relationship with Christina. And he's like, I'm going to make your son, I'm going to make your husband famous. Mm. And he believes in me and he believed in me. And then so like when she died, his, his manager, he's the biggest, you know, agency in, in this area. And he put me to work Good. and he had a game plan and it saved my life. You know, I said, okay, I, for men, you got, we got to work. You know, I like working. Of course. And the minute I don't feel productive or like I'm moving forward in my career or anything, I just feel like, a, you know, I, I just go to shit. So I had that and that was my main thrust. Having had that, it allowed me to be a good parent. I love it. Well, I don't, I want to ask you one more question because we try to keep this short, but we could keep talking because there's layers. And I'd love to talk to you again in a year or two, because I do believe time is the great healer for us. What are your hopes for the future for you? Do you, do you think Christina's going to send you somebody? Would you ever want to be married again? Or are you, I'm almost five years out and the whole thing of ever tying in with someone again seems overwhelming, but I also know that we're young and life is long. So what mm-hmm. do you hope, what do you hope your life looks like five years from now, 10 years from now? You know, I get that question a lot and I like to think that I would be ready for, you know, a serious relationship. I just, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. 
it's a lot of work. And you think of the level of intensity of being married. It's like, you're all in. Yeah. And now that I've been, you know, without her that think about having a relationship with somebody that's not her, you know, is it's, it's we are designed to completely connect with somebody, I, I think, you know, and, you know, as a man, I'm, you know, obviously I, I do like women. <laughs> I do like to get out at night. I do like women, but it's not, but the, the idea of being as intense as it was with my wife is, is a kind of a, I don't know. I just don't know. I'm open to it if it should yeah. happen, but it'd have to be, I, I don't want to, I don't want it to be average. No, it I has to be better than this or something better. Yeah, it has to be, it has to be right. And if it's not, I'm not going to bite. Agree. I think too, the kids thing, I don't think people understand how complicated it is because I don't think we'll ever stop loving the people we loved. So it'll have to be an add-on and somebody that has a lot of confidence that they know that we still love the person that we lost. And then how to, you know, and I just pray that if God sends us somebody or they send us somebody, that it's someone that is a friend to the kids they don't yeah. need they don't need a dad but it yeah. would be wonderful to go through life again with a partner but it's much more complicated than when you meet in your 20s and then have babies together yeah it's a challenge but then again if you look back on your relationship and if you're honest about all relationships they're 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 messy oh god and they drove me insane yeah and there there're times when you don't you know it doesn't work out so you you when you lose somebody you have this kind of like you have, you hold this up here that this is this beautiful thing. And it, and it was dirty. And there was times where we, you know, we got into it with each other. Christina didn't mess around. If you, if you pissed her off, she would stay mad. And like, I remember like sleep on the couch a couple of times in our marriage and just like, just letting her cool down, you know, and she was fiery. And, but you have to, in some point in your life, be willing to, you know, get dirty with somebody and say, okay, you know, if, if you're going to make it work, you're going to have to go that way and you're going to have to try and it might not be perfect and it might, you know, it's not going to be the same as it was. So it's just a different experience and you have to be open for different experiences and kind of, kind of let the, let, you know, somebody told me is a guy that's actually one of the members of the beach boys, I forget his name. His name is Doug or something like that. Really good guy. Old guy was sitting at this bar. I was just about ready to go up and do a show. And he says, I know your story. He said, if it's going to work out, you're just going to have to put it behind you. And I said, fuck, that's hard, but that's true. Amen. You know, you're just going to have to let it go. That's really all you can do. You got to live. I I think they, I always think, what would they want? And they would want us to be in the present moment and they would want us to crush life and have all the things that we all talked about together. So I think that becomes a North Star. It's like, I could keep going back to that. But man, we we've got great kids and a great life, and so we keep we keep pushing forward towards hope and joy in between yeah. the wanting to lay on the floor and curl up and go. You got to be kidding me! So yeah, it does suck. It sucks. Yeah, it's a lot. I know it sucks. It's just <sighs> like, but well, you're doing you know. great. I mean, you're two, you're not even two years, and I'm I'm impressed. I'm glad that our friends put us together over text. I've I think that I don't know if this has been your experience, but now that you're you have a spouse that's gone, you know, every single widow in the world. Um, <laughs> I feel like I've got like a widow phone book list of just people who 
their person drop dead. But it's nice to to talk to you. It's nice to meet people that are in the same spot and to know that, man, we were lucky that we had what we had. And if we were lucky, then we got to still be lucky now. Yeah. You know, we didn't lose our luck. It just looks a bit different. So yeah, no, life is beautiful and life is meant to be enjoyed. You know, there's, you know, I, I, there was an eclipse last night. I know I saw that. We just, we stepped out of the show and the show was amazing. And my daughter sang with me and, and we got out outside and we looked up at the moon and there was an eclipse and it was like, here I am with my beautiful child, you know, looking at the eclipse and it's, you got to find joy in the little things too. You know, it's just really important to, like you said, stay present and really try to enjoy life because it's meant to be enjoyed. Yeah. Well, let's end on that, that you and your daughter made up the show that you were supposed to do. And it was on the day of an eclipse. Yep. It happens very rarely. So maybe that was a wink from your wife. Let's just consider it. So, and um, keep going. You're doing great. Text me if you ever have any questions. I'm two years ahead. (laughs) And just, I appreciate your time. So thank you so much, Matt. Thank you, Kelsey. It's been a pleasure. Perfect. Thank you for listening. And remember, keep going. It gets better. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.